0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's BYTE.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE. I'm no good at taking good advice, and I'm self careless, so don't tell me twice that lately I've been so stuck in my head. That I forget just about everything my therapist said Maybe I'm self-helpless Maybe I'm self-helpless Maybe I'm self-helpless Maybe we are all self-helpless
1: Hey guys, it's Kelsey. Before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to let you know that I have a brand new podcast out. My boyfriend Chad and I started a podcast called Pretend Problems. The first episode is out now. You can find it anywhere. You listen to podcasts. You can watch the full video of the episode on Chad's YouTube. And, you know, we talk about being in a relationship while also being touring comedians. We talk about arguments we've overcome. We talk about communication strategies that work for us in our relationship, Um, navigating blended family dynamics, our time when we were long distance, you know, so many different topics. And we also take Questions from listeners who want any advice on their dating life or their relationship. So, we've been asking people to write into pretendproblemspodcast at gmail.com. So, for you helpsters who are interested, we would love to have you come listen to Pretend Problems
0: and check it out.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Self Helpless Podcast. I'm Kelsey Cook,
0: I'm Delaney Fisher.
1: And today we thought we would do an episode on the biggest lessons we've learned this year because this episode is coming out in December, so it's kind of like a, a wrap-up time to think back and, mm. and see if you figured your shit out any more uh, by December than you did in January. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, there's been a lot. <laughs> yeah, not lot always, not always the case, but... <laughs> but we're trying. Um, before we get into it. So um, this is coming out on December 4th. I'm going to be in Tampa at Splitters Comedy Club this weekend. It's the last weekend of this year's tour. And then uh, the Mark Your Territory tour starts in January. I'm going to be in Orlando and San Diego in January. And in February, I'm going to be in Tacoma, Philly, Jersey, Stamford, And then in March, San Francisco, Rosemont, Chicago, Minneapolis. And then, guys, I'm taping my next special, April 6th, in Madison, Wisconsin, at the Comedy on State Comedy Club. Um, After that, Sacramento, Salt Lake City, Vegas, Denver, Kansas City, and Baltimore area. So, so many uh, cities. Go to KelseyCook.com and get some tour date tickets.
0: Yay! That's so exciting. Thank you. Um, yeah, what's going on with you? Yeah. Hey, if you like podcasts, which you're here, so we can, we can assume so. uh, I have another one called career crush. You can get it at my website, delaneyfisher.com. It's a private show, but it's completely free. And we talk about finding, you know, work that makes you happy. It's really not a focus on how much money somebody makes, but really how they're living and how they're kind of weaving work into their life in a way that, brings them joy and meaning and purpose and all of that so a lot of interviews with people from you know different lifestyles and backgrounds totally different industries some of them have day jobs some of them run businesses some of them do both um a lot of creatives and artists and all that and yeah just really i really enjoy those conversations i get so much out of it and um yeah would, would love to have you over there if you ever if you feel like me where it's like okay we have no choice but to work like that's how our Mm -hmm. society is set up not like that we you know we didn't really choose to do this stuff but we have to we have to find something that makes us as happy as possible or content as possible and sometimes that's really hard so um Yeah. yeah that's just a lot of what we what we talk about nothing is perfect but um if you kind of figure out what your values are and the way that you want to live your life, uh, we we try to help you do that by giving you practical tools and insights over there. So yeah, DelaneyFisher.com. Love to have you.
1: Incredible. Yay. Well, we have a quotable uh, we do. for this episode. And it was submitted by one of our uh, sweet helpsters, Amanda. Uh, the quote says, being happy Doesn't mean everything's right. Being happy means choosing to look where it's bright. Oh gosh, that's Mm. fucking sweet as hell. That's uh by Emma Grace. That quote, I have not heard that one before, but um, but yeah, that's a great quote. I mean, it's a it's a little Hallmarky. It's a little cheesy, (laughs) kind of. You know, poem.
0: A little bit of a poem.
1: (laughs) It's a little bit of a poem, but it's nice. Sure, it's really nice. It's and it's true. It's very true.
0: It is. It's like, I know for me, when uh, something feels really shitty, I can always, even if I feel like shit, I can always see the silver lining of why something, like the 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 thing that could be birthed out of it that could be positive, whether it's a lesson that I learn or something. But uh, yeah. I'm just like having that experience. I think that's such a good one for this episode. I'm like feeling both of those things. I'm like, oh, I there's so much silver lining that can come out of uh, these situations that have felt really hard. Uh, but I yeah. also feel like shit and I wouldn't have chosen for a lot of it to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yep. it's like both, mm-hmm. both, both are there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I know that we're both perfectionists and I feel like we're always trying to make our lives as perfect or like optimal as possible. I feel yes. like sometimes our brains, yours and mine turn into little computers and we're just like scanning every category in our life, like, okay, how can we make this better? How can we improve this? And I think it is a good reminder to be like, well, it's not going to ever be perfect, so you try to get close, but... Even oh, that. amen. feels like a tall order. Don't amen forget. to that. And yeah. um,
0: if you want to submit quotes that get on the podcast, you can join our Patreon community at patreon.com slash self-helpless. You can submit quotes, uh, recommendations that get read on the show, shout-outs to your loved ones, and you can also vote on topics over there. So a lot gonna, going on over there if you want a little bit little bit extra oomph of self-helpless yes. in your life.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, I feel like you and I have both made a list of the biggest lessons we've learned this year. And yes. I also thought, I didn't say this to you before we started recording, but it might be interesting to share what uh, what was our happiest or best moment this year mm. and maybe what was our lowest or hardest moment, if you feel comfortable sharing.
0: Oh, We've sure. done that before where we did like highlights and lowlights. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so we could add that too if you want. I, yeah, I might, I might need a, a moment to mull that over, but yeah. um, I do have the other stuff on my list. Do you want to kick it yeah. off with what's your number one?
1: Yeah, in terms of uh, the lessons I've learned? Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I feel like something I've struggled with, but I think is a healthy lesson to learn, is that sometimes... It has to be a quality, not quantity in terms of spending time with loved ones. Um, I think as we get older and we're spread out sometimes from our family members or our close friends, it can become a really negative thing. I feel like it's been a heavy thing on me this year. It's like ugh, wishing that I had more time with everybody in my life, but I think it's almost like the quote that was submitted today instead of focusing on like, oh, I wish I had more time with these people trying to focus on like, okay, but when you get to have time with them, whether that's in person or over the phone, are you making it quality time? Like, are you are you present? Do you feel like you're really making the most of it? And uh, you know, I I moved here to Minnesota in January, like right at the start. Like January it was like January first or second. It was really as the new year started and that was super hard for me in certain ways because Washington has so many of my, you know, longtime childhood friends, but also my family. And you guys know from listening to the podcast with my mom, um, having been sick the past few years and having dementia, uh, I felt like, I, I was worried I was going to regret moving away from her. Like, what if I looked back and now I'm having less actual in-person time with her? Um, but I've learned that with this with this particular disease, I think it's really critical to like also take care of yourself and know that, <clears throat> well, one of my friends who has lost their mom um, a few years back said, you know, you're not going to look back. And think about like all of these specific little individual visits, you're going to be thinking of like a a really like an overview love of her and memory of her. It's not like you shouldn't beat yourself up if you missed like one month of visiting or something. Mm. So just trying to focus on on quality time with people rather than freaking out about like, am I getting as, as many visits to people that I
0: love as I can? Yeah, that's a good one. Really good yeah. one. Um, How about you, Don. I think the biggest one right now is that really recognizing and understanding, really for the first time in my life, that I've been very codependent in pretty much area of every area of my life, and what that actually means and looks like. You know, we've t- we've thrown this word around the show before. We've had people on to talk about it. I thought I had kind of an understanding theoretically of what it is, Mm -hmm. but I've been really, like, I have been forced to face that. And um, I heard a really great quote the other day, I was listening to I think the podcast. It's a it's for codependent kind of recovery, and mm-hmm. the host name is Heidi Rain. So shout out to Heidi. She said this quote. I don't know if it's attributed to her or if it's a quote that she likes. But people who are you know struggling with with codependence who maybe have grown up in an area where there was a lot of high conflict and um, stuff like that, where you can't you cannot keep asking yourself how much you can tolerate because Mm. you can tolerate a lot of bullshit you have a very high tolerance for bullshit you have to start asking yourself how good can you let things get for you and that changed oh my my brain and um i just yeah i i think i'm Uh. i'm really understanding what that impact of the that kind of codependency that you know just that just happened uh for me when i was younger and i it, it, seeing the way it's impacted me as an adult i'm really starting to understand it more and implement it and and feel the difference what it's like to step away from codependent behavior yeah and it is very hard but it really does work and it is very like kind of freeing and eye-opening, you know, yeah. in all the areas. So I think that's just my biggest lesson is um, wow. is that. And it has permeated all areas of my life. And actually what I'm finding is the more that I feel like I'm healing myself and I'm stepping away from those things, I feel that the 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 need or want to accomplish stuff is... Decreasing.
1: Whoa. Which is really
0: weird. Where I, you know, you know me, right? I got yep. my hand in a bazillion things and a bazillion projects and this usually. And I am really like the desire is not there in the same way. There's I still there's a couple things that I'm excited about, but I I'm not having a lot of those like racing thoughts and urgency and all these things that I had. Yeah. And I think it's because I'm actually healing my shit. Um, And I did not foresee that. So I think I've just like realized like um, I want my life to be my passion or passion project, not necessarily whatever my work is at the time. Like I want to do work that feels meaningful, but I'm not not so attached to it. Like I'm not so attached to where you know i am my work or i am my accomplishments i'm not like kind of everything was an upheaval this year and in all parts of my life and i think losing my identity a little bit was um kind of it was scary but actually liberating where i'm like oh yeah i'm actually not any of these things that's weird that's actually really weird to think about that um i'm still here yeah i'm so what am i really not any yeah. of this i'm not this accomplishment i'm not this so so yeah that was- <laughs> no, that's where my brain's at right now who am Don't i wait. and i promise i'm not high <laughs> i was just gonna i say, am sober <laughs> i was just gonna say by the end of it i was like did i take
1: an edible i mean because it's just so it's so profound it's like well I'm not this accomplish- accomplishment anymore, but I am still me. I'm still here. Like, it is a weird yeah. thing when you, I think sometimes we don't even realize how much of our identity we are yes. tying into these things around us, whether it's people or yes. accomplishments or careers. Oh. And you go, oh, I guess I'm still breathing. Yes. That's fucking weird. Yeah.
0: It's weird. All you have is the present moment then. You can only be present. You're forced to because there's nothing else going on.
1: Oh my God. That's going to stick with me for a long time. The codependency thing where instead of asking yourself, how much can I tolerate? Ask yourself, how can I make my life better? Is that, did I paraphrase Um, that right?
0: Instead of asking yourself, how much can you tolerate? Ask yourself, how good can you let things get? Wow, that's a that's the question Jesus. codependents need to ask for themselves. Yeah, and I'm like, oh wow.
1: <laughs> I mean, that I have to I have to write that down and put that on my bathroom counter. Like right. I, that has to
0: be something I see every day. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's such a good one. It's what it's one that really hit me. Like, uh, you know, every every once in a while we had that quote that really like is a life changing quote, and that one for me was.
1: Yeah, can
0: I ask like yeah. what in
1: particular was happening in your life that made you go, "Oh, there is this a pattern of codependency and, and everything"? Like for people who yeah. don't, I myself am not super familiar with codependency. I know, like in um right. in in being able to talk about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what made it apparent? what were things that were going on in my romantic relationship. That's what really brought it to like, hey, you can't um, avoid this anymore and you cannot ignore it anymore. This has Mm. to be dealt with. And so that's what made me realize, okay, I have to start acting a different way in my relationship, my romantic relationship. And then I think it just kind of is like, wait a minute, where else am I doing this? Right. What other relationships, situations, whatever, creative pro- whatever, whatever. Where else am I acting this way? And right. so I think it just starts to permeate all the things. Um, so I think like an example would be like, um, I'm trying to think of an example recently. Let's say uh, an example would be like a friend reaches out and they said, hey, you want to go for a walk on Monday? And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, that would be great. And then they're like, awesome, um, I'll let you know when I get off work and we'll go for a walk. I'm like, cool, I'm flexible all day, let's do it. And then if that friend does not reach out to me Monday, I will not follow up and say, hey, are we still on for today at this time? Or the, you know what I mean? I'm kind of mm-hmm. like managing the situation <laughs> Yeah. where it was, that it was left in that person's court to reach out and make a more substantial plan. And yep. so I will just not do anything instead. That's like, you're saying that
1: present day
0: you. Present day me will now not do anything. Will now not do anything. I won't be like, hey, we still on for today, this time, this time, right? I'm not managing that. Right. And but past so, version
1: you would like basically do the work of two people.
0: Yes. Yes. Past version me would have been like Monday morning, I would have had my calendar, reach out to that person and get a time on the books, right? Sure. And then, right, do, do that. So- when I'm not doing that, things are, a, they are still happening, they're not happening, or they're just happening happening in a different way than I would have done it. And I mm-hmm. am just okay with that. But like but that's basically an example that I can share that happened recently where I caught myself, oh my gosh, I realize that I'm the one who actually makes the f- you know, detailed mm-hmm. thing, but if I don't, what happens? Do I see this person or not? Turns out that day I didn't see them. So I think it's just really, it's just those little tiny micro behaviors that are so ingrained that I'm like, hey, just take a beat before Mm -hmm. you do something because is this your responsibility? And if it's not, don't do it. Don't take on more responsibility. Right. And that's kind of it. I'm like, oh, so it's weird. (laughs) It's a really weird feeling. Yes.
1: Oh, man.
0: Sleeping Dogs now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie dot slash
1: wondery. I just have to tell you, and by the way, I've—I know I shouldn't feel this way. I've become a little self-conscious on the podcast about talking about my mom because I feel like it inevitably comes up in some form almost every episode now, and I feel a little bit like, like sometimes I worry the listeners are like, "Okay, yeah, we've heard a lot about your mom," but it's just like for. <laughs> For me, the podcast yeah. is like one of the only times that I really talk about it in depth. Like I'll talk about it, right. you know, with Chad um, during the week or like in therapy. But it's just like this is such a healing place for me. And I feel like the conversations yeah. you and I have always make me think of things and I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize I was going through this. So, yeah, anyway. I know it's a heavy thing and I know I I bring it up a lot. It's just, it is just a big part of my life. That's what you're
0: going through. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks.
1: Um, When you were saying that people who are codependent have a very high tolerance to take on, is it like a lot of emotion you're saying or a lot of just like tasks? Yeah. So. All of that. Yeah. Chad, um, over the summer we had visited my mom, and when we left, he was like, "My God, you're like an emotional aunt. Um, Because ants, you know, like not uh, not a u n t a n t. He's like, you know, ants can carry like twenty times their their physical weight. He's right. like, you're like an emotional ant. He's like, I don't know how you do this. I don't know how you just like go through your day doing things when you've got the the weight of this situation with your mom on you. And I, full disclosure, had like a pretty hard cry last night to chat about my mom, just feeling really like, just just in a tough patch about it, Um, just feeling really sad. And I said to him, I was like, I almost sometimes want for like the mental breakdown to just finally happen so that I can feel that I've like hit a point like some sort of rock bottom of like I can't I can't continue to feel this way or I can't continue to give this much emotionally yeah. to the situation but because of whether it's codependency or whatever the fuck has happened in my life that has created like a very high tolerance for emotional stress or emotional anxiety it's like I just continue to walk around with a very high amount of it on me and but I don't want to mm-hmm. but I think like you said because I just can and still technically function right. I just do right. and it's really hard to like try to remove any of that when you're like well but I'm still alive and you're like yeah but like are you healthy <laughs> like do you right. do you feel good not uh, not really right right So
0: yeah it's it's very hard it's so hard and I, I think you know Um, if you're tuning in and like you have, I don't know, when you kind of look back, you don't really know where, at least for me, I I didn't feel super separate from, um, some of my caregivers. Mm -hmm. Like I, I felt like we were a full unit, right? Like we were, it was a unit thing. And Mm -hmm. so I, it's hard to, it can be hard to individuate later as an adult yeah. of like, wait, so wait, okay, so I'm responsible for myself and that's it? I'm not yeah. also responsible for what, you know, your tasks and your feelings and your emotions and what you need. That's not how I was, you know, that's not what I learned kind of. So yeah. Um. I, it's very, it, it almost feels like, when you start to do those things where you're like oh my god I can just be responsible for myself that's what a lot of people are walking around doing um it almost yeah. feels like you're being selfish or mean mm-hmm. or rude or whatever but you're not but you know <laughs> it's like it's i i don't what? get it still i just don't yes. it's really hard to it's really hard to feel like you have over delivered in every area of your life for so long and then when you stop you're like oh my god I have all this free time and mental clarity and what do I do with all this space that's mine yes. now and that is a weird feeling yeah it's a really weird feeling
1: yeah yeah i know that was just my number one (laughs) that's just my top thing (laughs) we're like halfway through the episode um yeah you know what you just said all of that funnily ties funnily is that a word yeah i think it is pretty sure what how weird that sounded in my mouth um i feel like it really correlates with a theme that we have brought up over and over on the show which continues to be one of my things on my list for another lesson I've learned this year is that like you have to build in time in your life to do nothing like you have to you have to build in downtime if you're somebody who tends to lean more toward the workaholic end of the spectrum in life it's like nobody will come up to you and go hey why don't you take a time out nobody's gonna do it because you're an adult now there's no recess there's no whatever play dates with a friend that your parents make that it's like you have to decide when you're going to take breaks and um yeah i just jesus christ like i feel like you and i are like very capable people but it is to the detriment, I think, of our (laughs) well-being.
0: Yes. And I think that's what tripped me up about codependency for so long. Because I'm like, I'm actually very independent, almost to a fault sometimes. So I didn't really understand the true, what codependency could actually be. A lot of Mm -hmm. codependents are very (laughs) like independent people. And then they Mm. can be fixers. And so I'm like, oh, I see. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Because I just, I didn't really think of, you know, I think I had different ideas of what codependency really is. Yeah. On a different experiential level.
1: Yeah, I'm starting to also notice um, one of the downsides of my career is that my career is very adrenaline-based. Like if you look at it on a chemical level, My job is very dysregulating for your health because you're flying out, you're doing these shows. It's hours of adrenaline. And then you go back to a hotel room, to a bed that's not yours, and you try to turn your brain off and get some sort of semblance of normal sleep, which very rarely happens. And then you come home from a weekend of shows and you're just like sitting at your house. And I think even if you're tired there's something chemically in your body that's like, yeah, but we got to do, we got to feel adrenaline. Mm. We still have to do stuff to get that adrenaline because now that's what we want. And so we've talked about ADHD, things with time blindness and how sometimes I wonder if when I'm running late, if it's because like that part of my brain that wants adrenaline was letting me get too close to... The starting time of something, and then giving me a shot of adrenaline—it's just, yeah, it feels like uh, a little bit of of an uphill battle. Unfortunately, with the thing that I love doing the most, like I love my job so much, but it's not—you're not like a super healthy person doing this job. It's not normal.
0: It's kind of impossible to be because of what it requires of you, you know? But yeah, Yeah. like that, it makes sense that your body is feeling like it needs that when you Mm -hmm. do have space to yourself. That's that's like how it's been surviving for so
1: long. Yeah, I've been finding that it's harder and harder, especially now that touring started back up to, to be still. Mm -hmm. Like I have been trying so hard every day to just, I'm like, just do like 10 minutes of stillness. Right. Whether that's a, you know, journaling, doing breath work, or just even sitting the fuck down with, without your phone. Yeah. And that's like this gremlin part of my brain is like, we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to. It. <laughs> it's just wow. like it is running so hard from just being still. It's very right. strange.
0: <sighs> Fascinating.
1: What's, yeah. all, what's uh, next on your list? So um, – I thought about this a little bit with the Beth episode, but a lesson I learned this year is um, how important hobbies are, and I think it's kind of scary as like time goes by really fast now, yeah, and sometimes I will get to the end of a year and be like, oh i didn't I didn't like once do five of my favorite hobbies.
0: Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah,
1: yeah did i don't th- I don't think I played volleyball once this year. I don't think I, I definitely, I shot hoops. That was nice. I think I baked like a handful of times. Just to really sit down and think about what are the things that I love doing that are not, they don't benefit my career. It's just like, I love doing these. Yeah. And oof, it's kind of a bummer. I'm like, wow, a whole year went by and I didn't do a lot of these things. Yeah. So that's a lesson I learned. It's like,
0: again, nobody's going to make you do it. If you want to do it, you have to build the time in. Yes! Oh my gosh! You know what? The hobby one is such a good one because there was a, a something I want to bring up on Beth's episode that I didn't. Where I really like I I went. I want a hobby that doesn't turn into something more serious. Like I really mm-hmm. need that. And when I went, remember I went to that Irish dance class a few times.
1: Oh yeah, and I've they
0: totally read about that. It was really fun. It, I wasn't going to stick with it long term because the it was like so late at night and all that stuff. But um, how they from ep- from episode one, I almost said, oh my gosh, from the first class, <laughs> they asked if I wanted to perform with them, like within a, a few weeks or something. And then, oh my you know, the next time it was like, hey, do you want to, and I was like, I'm really trying hard not to let this hobby become this other commitment that I don't have the capacity for. And I feel right. like that might also be a good example of the codependency thing of like, mm-hmm. if I wanted to continue the class, right? Um that I would have needed to say, like, I'm sorry, I'm not able to do that for you guys. Yeah. Like, I don't have the capacity right now. This is supposed to be a fun thing to blow off steam. And I I would have needed to say that at some point versus codependent Delaney would have been like, I really don't feel like doing this and I don't want to, but they need me. I have to go and do this thing now, um, you know, yep. but I was thinking about that with my hobby of like, I actually, I need to be mindful about that with hobby stuff too. Yeah. Of when I go in there or if I do something I don't want it to really most of the time transform into something else that's like more of a time commitment um, yeah. but that's a good one um, I love oh, that you're so good at so
1: many things immediately that the people are like we need you and you're like listen I
0: they just have everybody not needs many me people I'm. So- <laughs> They really Guys. just didn't have enough. And I looked the part. Let's be real. Have you seen me? I looked like the face of Irish dance. So
1: <laughs> I just love it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What's another thing on your list?
0: Um, I think one thing is uh, I have needed different things at different points in my life. And that is OK. There was this. I don't know why. I think it's just I do know pressure of maybe our society or whatever uh, is that you have to like go all in on something and then never change your mind. Like I still yeah. think we're, we're coming out of that a lot, but, but, um, I just always felt like when I was changing my mind and wanting to do something different, it was a failure instead mm. of just like, why did, why do I have to see it as a failure? Why can't I just change my mind because I feel different now and I just do something different because I feel different. I, why is that yeah. such a bad thing? And so, um, I I just learning like that's going to, that's okay. And that, that just might happen to me every five years or so. And it's okay to just follow that next thing or feeling or opportunity (laughs) that feels like a good fit. Like, for those first several years of running a business and stuff, it felt like the best possible thing for me in my life. It was creative, it was exciting, it was all of that. And then, you know, uh, the last year and a half or so, it's actually felt like it kind of changed a bit. It felt like more responsibility Mm -hmm. than I wanted. It felt like more tasks that I wasn't enjoying versus what I was. And I, you know, needed something different. I needed a different like balance. So. Just being okay with that. Like, it's okay to change your mind. It's not like you're a terrible, lazy, flaky (laughs) person, you know? No. Yeah.
1: And I think a lot of the people who are maybe from an older generation who did stick with the first job they took out of school, you know, the first career, it's not like they're necessarily happy 30 years into it. I think some people truly are, but um, it's just like... It, it's so different for every. It's a fingerprint, you know. It's like not one size fits all. Yeah. Everybody feels differently about that stuff.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, you know, just don't beat yourself up about it. Kind of I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Uh,
1: another lesson I learned. Uh, there's a great quote we love. Is if you don't take care of your wellness, you'll be forced to take care of your illness. Mm yes and like the basic one of the concepts of feng shui that if you don't have your health you don't have anything cuz health is like the center of the whatever the guas or whatever like it touches every other thing in your life yeah and so a lesson i learned this year was just i think the importance of of getting like those sort of annual physicals but also just remembering that whatever you've gone through in the past year emotionally or whatever life change, changes changes it's like the body keeps the score, right? There yeah. are things that might be happening with your body that you aren't even aware of, that maybe you're storing things in a certain place that are changing parts of your body. And um, I know that the healthcare system in some ways is not, uh, I feel like, the most user-friendly or the most accessible. And I've, I've felt very frustrated at times um, just this year trying to get to the bottom of some of my health issues. But, you know, finding out that I have a polyp in my uterus that now I have to get a hysteroscopy. It's like, I mean, I'm so glad that I didn't stop trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say is like, if there's something going on with your body that doesn't feel right, don't stop until you figure it out. Because I've had several things happen this year where I was like, oh, If I had just been like, I I don't want to keep trying to figure this out, I would still have this problem and who knows if it would get worse. So figuring out this whole like, why is my period so fucked up for over a year now, almost two years, and finally just like continuing to push and push and push and be like, no, I really still need to get this figured out. And finally, I, I am hoping that the hysteroscopy will really help. And then also you know, I've talked a lot on the show about my uh, jaw clenching at night and how that's affected all these other health things for me. And then I've, I went to a, like a true, true specialist about it. And they did these scans and found out I had like a deviated septum and a really significant tongue tie and mm-hmm. these things that just structurally I didn't know. And now I'm doing the work to help fix that and all of that. So I just, um, I know it's, not fun work to do sometimes it's just like the most adulting bullshit of like making appointments and going and you know it's it's not always fun but it like you you have to take care of yourself
0: yeah yeah being your, so, own, yeah. your own uh advocate is so important because like yeah practitioners doctors there's just people too with their own opinions yeah. and biases and they're doing their best but like nobody's perfect Yeah. I, I know for me, like what you brought up, it's like I used to put people like that on a pedestal of like what they mm-hmm. say goes and yeah. all that. And it's like, yeah, you know, your body, you know what you need. Like, so I'm glad you're doing all that, even though it's uh it's sounds very draining.
1: Yeah. I had a dermatologist appointment yesterday for just like an annual check check my skin check the moles because I also like you very Irish yes lady very fair skinned I've had to have a lot of moles removed over the years and she found one on my back that she's like yep I don't like how that looks so they're doing a biopsy but it's just like it anytime something like that happens I'm not like excited that she found something but I'm like I'm so glad that I took the time and I made this appointment because right. I just think in general it can be really easy to let time fly by and then you're like oh fuck I haven't gotten a checkup in years
0: yeah absolutely So
1: make your appointments go, yes. go get your teeth cleaned go get your skin checked you know all this stuff make yeah. sure you're doing okay
0: definitely um a big lesson for me this year is i've learned that how i spend my money it, at like if it's not an absolute 10 then it's not gonna make mm. me happy and i'd rather save my money like for me mm. now it's like my money it's got to be an absolute 10 um, well, and because I've, I've realized that what makes me feel, uh, happy or content or excited about the future or safe or whatever is, um, saving more than spending. And that's going to, mm. and I feel like that's going to just, uh, that's just going to kind of be indefinitely. I, I'm so yeah. glad that I got the phase of like, you know, I spent a lot on myself. I, 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 Got things that I'd never bought myself before. I really experienced all the different services and this and that. And now yeah. I'm just kind of in a place where I'm like, what do I actually love the most? Like, what and what could I um, put away instead for future me and, and yeah. future me's goals and plans? So, yeah, the way I'm spending is definitely um, different these days as well. Like, I'd much rather it's like going to that, like, you know dinner or whatever that we it's not our favorite place and it's just like kind of a whatever thing i'm like i would rather actually not do that and uh put that in the bank and eat at home tonight you know what i mean it's like because my bigger goal would be to retire as early as possible versus buy things that are kind of like in the middle eh right you know stuff like that where i wasn't thinking like that probably even just a year or more ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's become a big quality over quantity thing for me too in the last year is like just understanding how long things can last if you take good care of them and being willing maybe to spend a little bit more on certain things that just, you know, I just bought like a really nice suitcase and I used to roll my eyes so hard at, people who were spending all kinds of money on them because I'm like I mean what, how can they be that different it's a fucking box with wheels who gives yeah. a shit but now that I had just like a reality checker I'm like well this is something you use all every time. week yeah like way more than the average person yeah. and I get all kinds of shoulder pain from pushing my cheap ass one around it doesn't roll very well and it's just like what, what are you doing like, I mean, it's a business expense too. It's like this is right. totally worth buying. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I know what you mean. Yes. I think another one, and you've you've actually inspired me a lot in this way, is to try to figure out what what things you absolutely dread doing, yeah. and if it's possible to outsource them, to outsource them. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I just. Again, I don't know if I have ADHD. I do resonate with some things, but like executive functioning things, Mm. I I I feel like I do get a lot done each day, but there are just certain things where I like, I really fucking hate running errands more than anything. And I feel very, very lucky that Chad really likes doing things like that. And so there are some times where like he is happy to go run certain errands that need to be done. And then I'm like, I will, you know, do some podcast work for us or whatever, like right. just <clears throat> things that he doesn't like doing as much. Right. But whatever, you know, if it's like within your relationship outsourcing or like hiring somebody, I think just being honest with trying to make your life as good as possible in that way.
0: Mm hmm. Oh, amen. I love that one. Um, yeah. What else what for up? you? Um, I would say that, oh, my gosh, Um like finding community and belonging and stuff I have found to be so important. I know we've talked about kind of like support Mm -hmm. groups recently, like those types of things when you have shared experiences. Um, You know, I've, I shared not too long ago on a pod on one of our episodes, like, I I feel like I have a hard time fitting in into like modern society stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I just, you know, I, I'd love to like live on a fricking earth ship somewhere, you know, and grow my own tomatoes. Truly like I mean, like if that was more accessible, I would be out of here. But uh, I realized that I was I was in a, a situation where I was around a room full of people who felt the same way in a lot of those ways that I do about sustainability or, you know, certain values Mm -hmm. that we've shared. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I don't feel so crazy. Like I just, you know, sometimes you just have to actively, um, search, search for things where you're going to meet people who actually totally get it. And they have those same feelings and thoughts too, and whatever. And it just makes you feel a little bit more like, okay, this whole day-to-day life thing is a lot more manageable and and yeah. doable than I than I thought. So, like, I don't know, just finding um, finding that for yourself, and it might take a little bit of work, like whether it's an online thing or a job a job change or a support group. Like, I, I realize how important that stuff is because I had been isolated for so long. I had been working from home by myself. For like, I don't know, six years, five and a half, six years. Right. And so these are some of the first things that I've done where I'm like around a group of people again with a shared goal or common value. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot how important this was because we are in this like age of remote work, a lot of entrepreneurial yes. messaging, a lot of do it by yourself or have robots do it or whatever the fuck. And... <laughs> um, Man, that human connection is so important. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Could
1: not agree more. Yeah. Um, My last lesson that I wanted to talk about is learning how important a weekly or monthly check-in can be for your romantic relationship. Mm. Chad and I do it and um, we ask each other a series of questions. I think I've shared on here before. Have I not? About like- I think so. Is there anything that you'd like to circle back to positive or negative? You know, um, what stressed you out this week? How can I help or support you better? Um, what was your favorite moment together this week? Things like that. It's like, it's not just a like, Hey, let's try to pick a fight or like find some shit to stir up and talk about. It's like also talking about things that we loved doing good moments, but, Chad and I just both feel so strongly about the impact of resentment on a relationship, and how yeah. crucial it is to like just keep it clean all the time, <laughs> like not letting things fester or build up. And so, we've had conversations that you know, in the moment as we're having them, I know it's hard for us to. Like sit down and really communicate how we're feeling about something because it might mm. it might feel uncomfortable, but it always by the end of the check in we're both like oh my god I'm so glad we talked about that, yeah because we both would have probably just like pushed forward and been like oh whatever let's it's you know not a good time to talk or whatever and I'm so glad that we continue to do that because it just feels it just makes us feel very strong so I've I really so like doing it oh I love it that's such yeah. such a such a good one. Well, those are some of our lessons. I don't know if you wanted to do a highlight and low light moment. If not, it's totally. Sure. Fine. I, I literally just. Oh, wow. There's a deer right on my
0: yard. Oh, nice. Oh. Wow. <laughs> oh, two of them. That's another you lesson. Guys. Move to the woods, you guys. You'll Minnesota see deer. <laughs> living. That's so crazy. Just out in the oh middle of the day. Crazy, crazy. Um, um, did you want to do that or do you just want to do that? Yeah, segments? sure. I, I wrote it down. I wrote one down for oh, each. Okay. Yeah. So what do you got? Okay.
1: <clears throat> um, I would say probably. There were a lot of highlights this year, but I think one of them that stands out is that I bought a house. I mean, speaking of deer in the yard, that was such a it's just like the gift that keeps on giving every day to wake up here and feel so at home and um, just to like have let myself do something that was so scary to me. -hmm. Like that's such a it's such a huge financial commitment. It's such a it's kind of like a permanence commitment, which has not always been my strong suit. I've been a a lot I've been a mover. You know, I've moved a million times in the past, God, fifteen years. And so to do something where you're like, No, you're gonna be here that's that's like a big thing for me and um I just love it so much I wish every like every day I have a moment where I'm like I wish I could just like hug my house yeah, <laughs> like, I just want to like <laughs> wrap my arms around my house and be like I love you like I just I love it so much it's it truly is a dream I feel yeah. very very fortunate so that was a highlight yeah. um a low light I you know I know that I had wanted to talk about it on the podcast and I don't know that I ever actually did but I will say my, I think probably my lowest point this past year was um, um, I went to visit my mom in, it must have been in February, I think, and um, she didn't recognize me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it happened in a way that was so different than what I would have pictured because I I was with her for like three hours and I knew she knew it was me while I was there during the visit and then at the end of the visit she just turned and looked at me at one point and was like and who are you again mm-hmm. and I mean it just I it, like there are no words for how devastating that feels it's like it's just it's something that I think as a human, like you, there's nothing that can prepare you for your parent not knowing who you are. There's nothing like it's psycho. It felt like it psychologically broke me. It made me feel like I was being erased because, like your your sense of self, I think like one of your first feelings of identity is that you are somebody's daughter and that they are your parent. And when that primary person does not know who you are it um it just it's it's hard to imagine something more painful than um than that moment and so I you know she asked who I was and I was like I'm I'm Kelsey I'm your daughter and then she um was like okay and then maybe 30 seconds later she was like I'm just worried I'm abandoning her Mm. and I said who and she said Kelsey and I was like oh but mom I'm I'm I am Kelsey and I'm right here and you're not abandoning me and um you know uh like I said this was toward the end of our visit and um then I said bye and just had like a full breakdown in the car afterward um but I talked about with my cousin afterward and my cousin has said that there are a lot of times where my mom my mom thinks that she herself is like 30 years younger than she is and if my mom thinks that she's 30 years younger than she is then she also thinks that my brother and I are 30 years younger than we are right and so my cousin and I were talking about that we didn't think that in that my in that moment that my mom necessarily did not know who I was or like didn't think that I existed right. i think my mom thought that i was like a child
0: Right.
1: And so then she's looking at me like, well, you can't be Kelsey because my daughter is a child. And that was so, um, God, I just, my mom, my her whole life has A, been the greatest mom in the world, but B, like, like being a mom is her, it's like her driving force. It is taking care of her kids and making sure that they're okay is like her everything. So for my mom in that moment to be like, I'm worried I'm abandoning her she truly we think thought that like she is there at the house she lives in and that her kids are some like her young kids are somewhere Mm -hmm. without her and that she's like left them somewhere Mm -hmm. and i just it's like i mean what the fuck like dementia is such a cruel disease that it can do that to somebody where they think that like like they've been this amazing mom their whole life, and their own brain can make them think that they have abandoned their young kids somewhere right um it's just it's just um endlessly a nightmare, so anyway, yeah. uh, again, sorry to be so heavy, but that was, um, yeah, I mean, like it's uh, yeah, I again, I don't really ever have words for it, but. Um, I've, I have have felt fortunate that it has not happened again like that this year. I mean, there are times where like right when she sees me, I can tell that it may, maybe takes her a second um, or she'll be like talking to me on the phone and be like, oh, yeah, Kelsey told me that like she in that moment will forget that she's talking to me. Right. Uh, and it's yeah, it's it's just the hardest. But um, yeah, so that's yeah. my highlight of my little
0: light. Yeah.
1: How well, about you? Don't all that. Um, yeah.
0: Gosh, I'm really. I feel like the <laughs> only thing that really sticks out is my low light, unfortunately. But uh, the, some of the highlights are very like. Going to Ireland was just uh, mm. a trip that I always wanted to take since I was younger, and like yeah. just felt very connected to my my roots, I guess you know, my lineage. Um, yeah, and just seeing like where all the places where my grandfather grew up and all that was really special, um, and just any time that I get to, I- I'm realizing how. Uh, precious, precious it is that like my siblings who are now uh, adults, basically how um, you know when we're all together like home, you know, together in one place in one room, like how uh, nice that is because everybody has different schedules and they're busy all over the place, and so you right. know I think a lot of my a lot of my favorite I don't know moments and stuff is just like hanging out with. You know, my sisters and my brother and, you know, yeah. my family this year, and just just being yeah. around them a lot. Um, and I would say I' really I am so grateful that I got a literary agent in the most unexpected way because it was it was around a time where I felt like I had been talking about on the podcast how, like, Creatively constipated, I felt with with like, what do I do with like my writing and my comedy Mm -hmm. and my jokes and puns and all that (laughs) type of shit? And it's like, it's really weird when you when you have when you used to have an outlet for that and then the outlet, you know, you don't have the outlet anymore, but you still have the some of the desire to write things. And so I've just been um, creating a lot of cool stuff with her that has been being pitched and stuff. And I'm like, I don't even care if anything gets picked up because it's just been so fun writing puns and (laughs) things. And like, I'm just like, oh my god, I finally feel like I have like an outlet for these ideas and stuff. And so I think that's been really nice. Um, And my low light is just that there was a big boundary that was crossed in one of my relationships, a, a betrayal of trust and really, really shook me. Um, And I'm just kind of getting over the shock of it. I feel like I'm in a much better place than I was just like a few months ago. And I feel the difference of, um, I don't feel fearful about like my Mm -hmm. future anymore. Like I'm really in a place Mm -hmm. where I'm like, oh, no matter what happens, like I know I'm gonna be okay. And like, uh, I'm more excited about my future than fearful about it. And that, you know, that's taken um, I don't know if I would have gotten there as quick as I have if I hadn't been involved in all the, the therapies and the groups yeah. and the, all that shit. Um, and so, yeah, that's um, that was that was the biggest biggest blow. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it it wasn't a, it didn't feel like an isolated thing. It felt more like um, this has happened more than once in my life. And mm, whether yeah. it was romantic or otherwise. And so I think it just made me realize, like, I have got to heal my shit. I have got to heal myself. I have got to understand what's going on and how I've been in these situations more than once. And I yeah. have to take responsibility for my part in it because I don't want this to keep happening to me. Yeah. And I, and I need to, whether uh, it's you know something that i'm able to heal and move on from in my current in this current relationship or it's something that i just want to make sure in future relationships i'm yeah. gonna be different um so yeah that's yeah that's the year and yeah tiny little nutshell <laughs> that's, the <year. laughs> that's the year also my grandma died that was definitely a low light but i'm also glad i got to be with her so yeah. uh I had to throw my grandma in there. I think she'd be pissed if I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. I was thinking about your
1: grandma. Yeah. Um Well, hell. What a <laughs> fuck. <laughs> this wasn't a this was a very adult year. You oh, know, like I a lot of like real shit this year. Dude. Um, it was uh,
0: my Jesus year, 33. I know one of my friends was <laughs> like, Oh god, it's your Jesus year. It's gonna be a fucking hell of a year. You know, it's gonna be wild, I'm like, oh, Yeah, it has been. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Wow. So. So funny. Oh um We have uh, an iTunes review of the episode um, that says "makes Monday mornings better." One of my favorite podcasts. I've been listening to this podcast for over two years, and these girls are amazing. They have honest conversations about real topics. It makes my work on Monday mornings better listening to Kelsey Delaney and Taylor. If it is an older episode, but you may want to have some headphones because real <laughs> topics are sometimes not safe for work. <laughs> yes, <laughs> true. that is that oh is, one of is Man, what a
0: nice review. Thank yeah, you so thank you for much.
1: Yeah, thank you for taking the time to leave that. That is just that's so nice. It makes us feel great. We love getting to connect with you guys,
0: however yeah. we can. So I, I know I like, can't put into words how much it means when we're when we hear that this has helped you in some way. That it just yeah. it makes your mor- Monday mornings better, or just like that is so cool because I have I have <laughs> things and people like that in my life, and how meaningful that is to me. So it's just yeah. it's really cool that we are that for other people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, All
1: right, guys. Well, um, anything
0: like that, Kelse?
1: I think I'm just going to leave it with the uh, with the the highlights and low lights that felt like my segments.
0: Okay, cool.
1: Yeah. Sweet. Um Well, guys, um also, I forgot to plug it in the beginning. Please check out my podcast with Chad called Pretend Problems. And uh come see me on tour. Uh, I'll be in Tampa this weekend, San Diego, Orlando next month. So many coming up.
0: Fabulous. And DelaneyFisher.com for Career Crush, the free podcast over there, some free resources, tips, media and career opportunities. we got some maybe events coming up, all that. Yay. Love to have you. All right. All right. We love you guys. Bye. Bye thank you for tuning in to the self helpless podcast you can find our patreon community merch and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. podcast.com we'd be thrilled if you shared this episode
1: with a friend left an itunes review or feel free to post it on
0: your instagram and tag at self helpless podcast thanks guys